Hey guys, here's a podcast I did around parenting for two incredible women uh, who are crushing out there. Uh, for all you parents out there, I think this one's going to be special. I hope you enjoy it. And, and, and before I let you go, really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Because we're going to be So, um, all right, so tell us, tell us who you are and yes. what your story is. Uh, I'm Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, my story is a classic American immigrant story. I was born in Belarus in the former Soviet Union. I came here when I was a little kid. I lived in a studio apartment the size of the office we're in with six family members, wow. seven family members, depending on the day of the week. Um, extremely humble beginnings. Uh, didn't speak the language, got picked on because I didn't speak the language. Uh, but then had an amazing childhood. We Very quickly, my dad, uh, worked his butt off and became a manager of a liquor store, which allowed us and afforded us to move out to uh, Edison, New Jersey. And there, I became an entrepreneur. Uh, well, I played plenty of wiffle ball and Nerf football and and you know a lot of games. But I spent an ungod- in hindsight, I spent an ungodly amount of time on car washes, on lemonade stands, on raking leaves, on singing Christmas carols, anything to make a dollar, anything. And so, and that led to baseball cards, which then led to a very uh, successful entrepreneurial career in the wine business, which was my dad's business, mm-hmm. um, in, uh, in investing. You know, uh, Tumblr and Twitter and Uber stocks are hanging around here, and I invested in those pre-IPO. Uh, and now we're sitting in VaynerMedia, you know, which is a $150 million agency. Um, and then obviously along the way, I've also built out a personal brand that's led to what's about to be my fifth New York Times best-selling book. Uh, and, uh, crushing it. And a career where I'm getting, I mean, the, the, the fact that I get paid more to give a one-hour speech today than I made for the whole year just, you know, 15 years ago is just yeah. scary exciting. And so that's been fun. And, and as you guys know, have really inspired an interesting conversation amongst a lot of people. A, a slightly, you know, a slightly different take, I think, on what is motiv- You know, I don't think of myself as a motivational speaker, but I'm clearly a personality that has been able to get people to get results, yeah. um, which you can't imagine how proud of I am. Yeah. Well, what kind of teenager were you? I was a great teenager. My mom, I'm writing a book called Perfectly Parented, so it's interesting to hear what oh, you guys. This is awesome. So yeah. I'm writing a book called Perfectly Parented, and it's the perspective of a kid who feels his parents perfectly parented him. My mom and dad, so I, I never did any, I mean I did nothing wrong except get bad grades. So I, I never disrespected anybody. I never did cliche drugs and alcohol stuff. I was, I was the nicest kid. I was friends with everybody in my high school. I worked every minute. I went to like seven high school parties in my life. You know, I just worked. I, I like helped around the house because I was the oldest. I was, I was, a ridiculously good kid, yet I wasn't like a square, or you know, like meaning I had fun, I enjoyed it. Like my 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 high school years were very simple. I worked every minute, or I, which was the happiest moments of my time, whether it was doing baseball card shows, selling at flea markets, or working in my dad's liquor store, or I was in school being miserable. I didn't play sports. I played tennis for two years, but I barely played sports. I I didn't chase girls for the most part. Like I just was very focused on being an entrepreneur from a very young age, and I was obsessed with not making my mom upset. 
I love that. A lot of teenagers, <laughs> a lot of, well, seeing as I'm a mum, yeah. you know, I want to. It's just true. Like, I, my mom guilted me into being a great child right. and a great teenager, and I think that's what I do to my employees. How? How? By providing so much love and, and support that the fear is letting them down. Guilting. Iris was gonna leave after working for a year. That was her plan, that was her thoughts, but she's still here because it's better to be here than it's not to be here. Well, a lot of teenagers actually disconnect from their parents. Because their parents are screwing up. Their parents are doing the wrong thing. Their parents care about themselves, not their kids. Parents are struggling out there because they're insecure and they're parenting their children based on the judgment of other parents, not based on putting their kids in this position to succeed. So you never disconnected from your parents at any time? I want to reconnect into my parents right now. I love them so much. I want to live with my parents now. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to understand why. My mom's entire framework was supporting me. Not, she was in a cocoon. My mom didn't give a shit what another parent thought about me. So how does that happen? How did she get self-confidence. that and pass it onto yeah. you? Self-confidence. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, from I mean, her? I don't know because my mom lost her mom at five. Right. So she grew up in she... Soviet Russia, which is a very negative place. It was just in her. She was a D, it was a DNA trait. Yeah. Um, maybe it was overcorrection for not having a mom. She wanted to be the best. But I don't. I haven't really deeply psychoanalyzed my mom yet. But you know, she. She, uh, boy, did she do a good job. And I think, you know, again, I think, I think the reason I'm popular as a personality is because I'm better to my audience than anybody else. Yeah. I don't want to trick you into anything. Mm. That's what you feel on stage. Yeah. You know why you felt it? Why? It's because I genuinely want you to win. There's nothing else. Because it's a legacy, it's like being a parent. You being successful is an incredible indication of me. Mm-hmm. But I think most people that are motivational speakers, personalities, or running businesses are, are selfishly in it for what's in it for them mm. in the short term. Yeah. Well, it's almost like this thing is, a, I always say I'm just the vessel for the information to come out to be able to go, get to you. Yeah, but, but, I would, I, I, but I'm also selfish. Like I don't think I'm some altruistic kind of like, you know, vessel. I'm selfish. My selfishness comes in the form of legacy. I have a funny feeling you guys aren't flying from Australia to New York for most people. Seriously not. Uh, well, 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 we are doing it for a lot of other people as well, yes, but we're I'm also sure. doing it for us because it feels good and it feels to great to be here. No, no, here. what I mean is you're not gonna get dragged out uh, yes. somewhere, I understand. What, yes. I, what I mean is, basically my very simple thesis is I will win yes. if I have the delta between being financially successful and having the most people come to my funeral. Yeah. I have no interest in building a $14 billion empire and having four people at my funeral. Mm. I would much rather do 400 million Mm. and have 40,000 people show up to my funeral. Mm. Mm. I I think legacy is far more attractive than currency. Um, And, and that's what my mom created. Like okay. she, she, took, she gave up the short-term judgment. I was a DNF student. Tyler, is my report card coming? Yeah. Good, <laughs> I'm gonna hang that next oh, somewhere fantastic. here. I was a DNF student. 
You know what DNF students get from other parents? Rolling eyes, judgment, mm. and condescending comments. Mm. But my mom raised the biggest winner in that high school. Yeah. Long-term win. So how are you instilling these values into your kids right now? What are you actually doing? Listening. They're five and eight. I'm listening. We have four and nine. Great, I'm listening. I've made zero judgments so far on how I'm doing that. I am just watching them. The way you become a great parent and put your child in a position to succeed is you build the roadmap and the blueprint in reaction to who they are, not your personal ideological wants and needs. I'm watching them. I'm seeing what comes natural to them, what they love, what they don't love, what they're good at, what they're not good at, and then I will create supportive infrastructure around that. But right now, pure love and pure support while deep lines in the sand of what is humanly right and wrong. Being nice is a line in the sand. Trying to form some resemblance of compassion and empathy is a line in the sand. You can't, I don't know how much you can instill empathy and compassion, but I'm trying to in a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I care about. I do not give a shit about what grade level they're reading at. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Or I'm not overthinking that they're a little spoiled. You can't fabricate environment. I grew up with nothing, they're growing up with something. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to trick that. Yep. What am I, not gonna buy them a toy while they're going to the Hamptons for the summer? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't fabricate environment. So I'm in the listening business right now. So we're massive on gratitude and we try and teach that with our children, you know, as, yes. in, in as many ways as we can, yes. whether that be on the way to school, give me five things that you're grateful for today. That's right. You know, those kinds of things. Yes. And getting it into their head from, such, from yes. a young age. Yes. What are you doing? Because you're the king of gratitude and empathy and, and that well, sort of well, stuff. But look, you pair that with slap look, you in the face honesty, which is just yeah, like I'm, an awesome combo. I think, you know, look, I'm, I'm in a great spot. Like, I don't have to do anything. My kids are going to watch my YouTube videos very yeah. soon. Yeah. yeah. This is already done. Like it's an ethos, it's a living, like I think the tactics matter and I respect the, but I'm not, I'm not doing that, yep. but I do think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Like I think that's clever and when you were just saying, I'm like, oh shit, I should do that, but I won't because that's not what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs to do what they you do. You do it in a different way. But I'm doing it, you know, as, you know, to me what scares me is when somebody does tactics and doesn't live it. Yep. If you're actually grateful, then that tactic is phenomenal, it's a reinforcer. Mm. But if you're not, and you're doing it as an optic, which is what so many parents do. Mm. Parents do a lot of things they don't believe in. They do what they think they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they get caught up in a rat race of, I'm telling you, this is what, I, what took me, until I was one, but even more importantly, until I spent time with a lot of them, yeah. now that I have kids, I spend time with them. I'm like, do, here's a good one. Do you know that I didn't really understand why parents put bumper stickers on their cars of the universities that their kids went to? I didn't realize that that was something that made them feel good about themselves. Look at me, I'm the parent of a kid that went to Princeton. (laughs) The thought for me to have my self-esteem wrapped up in my kids' accomplishments is so foreign. I think that's a loser. Yes, it's just ego. It's it's just ego. It's just ego and it's insecurity and it's trying to paint a picture. And so to me, you know, I know who I am as a human and what my values are and how I think people, like how I would, you know, here's what I'm thinking about. I, it's less about what I'm gonna do, it's more about what I'm gonna do in reaction to. So 
if I see my kids ever make another kid feel not nice by using something that I've created, AKA, if Xander one day makes some kid, if Xander ever, if I'm walking, if I hear Xander say, what, you've never met a football player on the field? I will punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> yes. So it's those things that matter to me more. It, you know, it, that's where I want to get into actions. It's not about like making them play the violin or making them get a tutor so their math scores are better or, you know, or sending them to Africa to build a school to teach them humility. I, I, I believe those are tactics. Well, they're gonna soak it in from you. 100%. Without having to do 100%. the one, two, three strategies, yeah. And, and I have a unique situation. I over-index with young kids because of my style. Yeah. So, you know, my kids are only seven or 10 years away from their friends thinking I'm cool. Yeah. And when, you know, when your friends think something's cool, you think it's cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna have a bigger impact on my kids through the eyes of their friends and what that means to them. Yeah. My kids are gonna listen to me more because their friends listen to me yeah. Then them listening to me. So with the the dumpster video, yeah, my four yes. year old has is watching that. He calls yes. you Gary Vegan Truck, yeah, because he <laughs> can't say Vader Junk. <laughs> and he's all over it. Where did that come from? How? Because we use it all the time. We show. The I've sh- we've shared it like a thousand times. I was so- on a flight. I'll never forget it. That was outside of an airport. I was on a flight, and two people in a row DM'd me something on Instagram. I'm a listener. I'm a yeah. counterpuncher. Yep. You know, I'm a very interesting character, I'm confusing because I talk all the time. I interrupt people, so everybody thinks all I wanna do is talk, but what's interesting is I spend the majority of my time listening. Nobody reads their comments more than me. Nobody speaks and adjusts on the fly based on how the audience is reacting more than me. Nobody does that, like I believe in that in me. Mm -hmm. I think that's why, so I'm listening, so what happened? I was listening. I read two separate emails or DMs or Twitter post of like some insecurities from two of my audience members. Something hit me of like, of a seed of like, this is like, I hear it all the time, but something in those two in a row got me motivated. I got off the airplane and I was like, let's film this. And I just happened to see a dumpster and thought it was a funny scene and then, you know, referenced trash and high school. And like, just had a moment. You know, I have the, I, a lot of times I know when I'm, I, I can't predict virality, but I always know when I have something in me, if I can get them to film it, that it's going to do well. Got the instinct. So we're working long hours, you're working long hours. How do you ever feel guilty that if you're not being, Never. and you're not going to different nope. things, nope. you don't feel guilty? And what would you say to a parent that may be feeling guilty that they're not able to get to all the school plays or tell they're them, not able to get to I would to tell them, the who gives a shit of what Gary Vee thinks and you do you. Yeah. You live your life. I'm just a little practical about this. I think it's more important to love your child unconditionally and support them than to be at every event. So a lot of parents go to every event, but they're undermining their children's happiness and self-confidence because they themselves are insecure. So to me, it's just checking a box. So what, you're a big shot because you went to every Little League game, but meanwhile you're an alcoholic or you're insecure and you're trying to suppress your child or you tell them that they can't do or you make them over-practice baseball because it makes you feel good if they get a scholarship around baseball. So I'd much rather miss every other play and recital and ball game but make my kids emotional ninjas. That's my choice on this issue. Well, you had no issues to bring into your parenting. Because you were parented amazingly. No shit. So And so was my wife, to be honest. So now you're fucking off to the races, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. Like, we're in a really good spot. And honestly, 
it's, I'll be honest with you, I always ask myself, is this whole Gary Vee thing just my overreaction to being feeling that I'm so guilty that I had it so good and I know that Misha and Xander are just two people and there's a hell of a lot of people in those three cameras right now, like I almost feel like I have to give it to them too. Yeah. You know? Because people are listening to me. I'm no penetrating. Doubt. No doubt. Like I, you know why? Because I'm speaking the truth. You and I, are, we're doing a show right now. Yeah. I'm bringing up the Maddox and parenting that I'm struggling to see people talk about. Because I'm getting to the part that nobody wants to talk about. Mm. The truth. The truth is you're struggling with parenting because it's all about you. Absolutely. Do you know how many parents yeah, everything are, that you you're saying that you want your kid to be well-rounded and so they're in violin and sports and this that, but it's because you want to go cycling and have a coffee with your girlfriends. That's the truth. Mm. Yep. So either we're going to talk about the truth or not. You're saying that you're going to pay. Wow, well, what a great dad I am. I'm sending Ricky to the best baseball camp this year and I'm working hard to pay for it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You like bragging that little Ricky's a great fucking baseball player. Yeah. It's selfish. I'm just not about that. Mm. Not with my audience. It's about them. And definitely, obviously, not with my kids. It is about them. And I'll get mine in the residuals. My mom is like walking around like a cha- like my mom and I talk every other morning, every morning, every, you know, sometimes I can go a week without talking to her, so it's not even like, you know, it's not like this cliche, I talk to my mom yeah. every day. We're talking, I'm talking to my mom right now. Like, we're like that, yeah. you yeah. understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I talk to her every day, she just like, she just thinks it's the greatest. She's like, uh, like she's like, all these mo- all these Russian moms are hitting me up. And like, <laughs> you know, like she's the, like she's getting, like everything gets paid off properly. She is an all-time mom, and I was meant to be somebody who has an audience who then gets to tell everybody she was an all-time mom, and that's a big deal. Do you know, we've interviewed so many people and, and it's been really common thread through successful people that we've spoken to that they've had this difficult sort of, you know, childhood, teenage years and they've had struggles and they've come from this thing and you're the first one well, that's just well, said, I've had none of that. I'll tell you what, I think people sometimes search to create an origin story. I think people fabricate their struggles because yep. it's romantic. And I also think it's in the edges. I think you either are very much struggling, but I think there's a lot of people who are very successful who have remarkable high school years. Yeah. And I'm one of them. And I think I, there's a lot of people, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about a lot of kids who, a lot of times in immigrant families, because when you have a tight family that's really a big factor, who had great childhoods and are crushing it because they're blindly self-confident. I'm mm-hmm. blindly self-confident. My mom brainwashed me into believing I'm the best. And I just believe, I, I mean, I really believe it. Like I, I, in a world of Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos mm. and Mark Cuban and, and all these incredible entrepreneurs, in a world of that, and, and incredible executives like Sheryl Sandberg and Ariana Huffington, mm. in a world of that, I'm completely, utterly convinced as I sit here with you today that I will be the alpha winner of this generation. Because I won't make the most money, but I will have make, but I will make the most money and impact most people. You can't, you can't win this thing without both. Yeah, I could be quite fluffy and amazing and make yeah. everybody, but if I didn't have the business success, well, then they wouldn't look up to me that way. Yeah, but I think I'm going to win. So we have this thing. We don't do anything unless it's fun. There has to be an element of fun in That's everything cool. that we do, right? So everything. you're having the best fun. It looks like you're having the best fun ever. So what's the most fun part about what you do and what's the toughest part? They're one and the same. I'm, uh, the most fun and the toughest part is I was built for the masses. Mm. 
I was built to be who I'm, I am. I, my, my, I am absolutely gonna have 100% awareness in the world. Everybody on this world, as long as I don't die too young for some reason, in 40 years, every person on this earth will know who I am. I was built for that. There are very few people that achieve that. I will achieve it. And it's, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of people who were uber famous before that weren't known in Africa or Asia because of the way media worked. But by the way the media works now, I will be known everywhere. That's the best and most fun, but it's also the hardest because when you are for everyone, it takes away for what you have left for yourself and your family. Yeah. That's it. That is my gift and my curse. So that's And I know it and you know, you kind of like, you know, it's not like you let go of the steering wheel, but sometimes you just understand it. Right? It has perks and negatives. Yeah. But I want to be at every recital. Next Friday, Misha has a recital. I want to be there. I will not be there. That's real. So how but I don't you... beat myself up about it. Yeah. Because a parent's job yeah. is to put their, what is the binary line of being a parent? Put your kid in the best position to have a happy, healthy, successful life. That is not showing up to every one of their events. So there is. What are we talking about here? People are playing in the fucking bullshit. We're, we're trading on the bullshit. We're talking about commodity stuff. No kid's gonna need you if the parent was playing in the clouds. Parents are playing in the dirt, minutia. And it's all predicated about them listening. If you watch your child for seven years and you're obsessed about that, you know how many parents parent all three of their kids the same way? Do you know how crazy that is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about selfishness and insecurity at the parent level. So I'm not gonna concede to, to the current state of political correctness. It's not gonna be considered politically correct in three years. So I need to ask you this question, <laughs> sure. okay? The question is, you're working long hours. Mm -hmm. Obviously at some point you must get tired and need to sleep sometimes yeah, maybe. No, no, I love okay. sleep, but I sleep yeah. six yeah, hours. Zero sleep, zero. Well, you, you guys look great. Like, yeah, zero, like I haven't been meditating <laughs> all night to sleep. <laughs> Nothing was making me shut my eyes to yeah. be able to sleep. So, but at some point, like you, there must be something that stresses you out as a parent. Like when they're throwing tantrums and you've got to get stuff done, like do uh, you ever lose yeah. your shit? Oh yeah, yeah, because I'm a human, like I don't want, Xander whines 30% of the day. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. And I, and I have zero tolerance for any yeah. whining. Yeah. So I hate his whining. But, but I don't, I think there's two different levels of stress. I think it's mountains out of, out of anthills, right? Yeah. I'm pissed all the time, like, but I'm not scared to, let me give you a good one. I'm not scared that if it goes further than I like, I'm thrilled to give him a piece of candy and I know that's bribery and I know that's bad parenting in the micro. You know, how many, you know how many parents are drawing a line in sand that I'm not gonna reward this bad behavior and they think like that's the most important thing without realizing how this actually all works? Mm. Why are a lot of rich kids spoiled and shitty and why are a lot of rich kids like you can't believe that they're super rich and have, it was the parenting. It was the framework, it was the experience, it was the environment. There's a million variables that go into it. Parents are beating themselves up. Like they're judging themselves. Mm. Mm. Just step back. Yeah, you gotta, gotta go look way bigger than that. Mm. Like I love debating this with parents because I'll win every time, here's why. We're selective. 
Like any parent that's like listening right now is like, you're wrong about that, Gary. I'm like, cool, let's sit down and talk and let me spend one hour, tell me everything. Well, I'm like, well, you, you, don't, you don't feed your kids very well. And that might be somebody else's number one. I'm like, wait, you, you let your kids drink soda every day? That's somebody else's, you've gotta read well. Mm. That's somebody, like everyone, right? Mm. There's like 47 things that people think is the most music. Mm. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, great, but I know a ton of parents who make their kids do music so that they have to be with an instructor so they can go do something. Mm. It's not that they believe the musical skill set will set them free. <laughs> yeah. It's just that. It's just an emotional game. It's not a physical game. And so to me, it's just getting kids in the right mindset, teaching them very basic things like kindness and gratitude and, and work ethic. There's, I'm buying, I'll buy my kids everything until a couple years from now when they can actually work. When Misha's 14 and can actually work, guess what? Off you go. Yeah. It's gonna get really gnarly on her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What about household chores? Like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, that again, kind of work again, at home. Again, would never judge somebody else thinking that's important, but again, it's a tactic. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, it's the next step, which is like, yes, but like, I'm not scared to rip off the Band-Aid. One can say, gradually get them into being a 14 year old that has a job and chores help them. I actually agree with that, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm also not scared of buying them everything in the world and then walking in on their 14th birthday and saying, and by the way, 14's an arbitrary number, it could be 13, it could be 16, yeah. but picking some moment that I feel good about and saying, I'm not giving you shit and now you work. And they'd be like, you fucked me. <laughs> you, know, you gave me everything, but I know that if I can do that somewhere two to three years before of college, four years before of college, f- during college, that they'll be on their way. They Zand- just have to know that they have to do to get what they want. Heads up guys, it's coming. Xander, Misha, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, coming. <laughs> and, and to me, I don't mind if I screw them or if I gradually put them into it because guess what, in life, both are gonna happen. Correct. In life, you'll have four, when you lose a parent, some people lose their parent. Hello? and it's your sibling crying, Done. mom died, right? Yep. Others, mom gets diagnosed and takes four and a half years. In life, some things are gradual, yep. some things are sudden. Yep. So to me, it's just preparing, all these parents trying to prepare their kids for life by touching everything and anything and everything, and it's so fucking, it's, uh, everybody who's a parent right now will go down generally, in 100 years will be viewed upon as the worst generation of parents in the history of mankind. We are doing a terrible collective job. And there are hundreds of, mil- there's tens of millions of phenomenal parents. Unfortunately, the global, and obviously this is not the case in Venezuela, this is not the case in Syria, but globally, mm-hmm. things have been very good for the last 50 to 60, 70 years. Mm. World War II is a long time ago. Mm. The Black Plague is a long time ago, right? Yep. It's a long time ago. We have prospered as a race for so long that it has now forced parents to care about things that don't actually matter. Mm. It's not the parents' fault. I'm not mad at the current parents. It's the macro effect of prosperity. Mm. Our great-grandparents were good at parenting because they didn't have time to worry about mm. play dates. They were worried about bombs dropping on heads. They were worried about the depression. Mm. They were worried about different things. Yeah. If you're a third-generation Australian or American parent or your Eastern European, Western Europe parent, on a macro, there's a lot of good. So you've now gotten into the fucking third generation of prosperity. So that mm. means we're soft. 
Yeah. That's real. You are able to deal with rejection and not winning and you, you're almost like you love it. You talk about I how much you it. love it. Okay. I prefer it. How are you teaching your kids to be able to get that feeling? By beating them and everything we do at play at home. That's like a moment. <laughs> my kids are never going to win. Like I let my kids win on Battleship like three days ago. That's it. I'm going home. They're never going to win. So you Ever. beat them on everything. And I think you got to be careful because I think, you know, if you have the right kid, it's a home run. If you have the wrong kid, DNA-wise, they could become deflated. So I, so I set out to that. I wouldn't sit here and say I've never let, I thought I would never let them win. But then you have them and you love them and, you, they're, yeah. li- and they're so little. Xander's so little. Yeah, it gets you. And like, hey. <laughs> I remember I let my, we were playing basketball, me, me, me versus Misha and Xander, first one to five. I let them score the first four baskets and then I beat them 5-4. And when I hit the fifth basket, they exploded into tears. Like I've never seen. Oh. It, was, it was a scene out of, like, like it, I loved it by the way. I hit the basket <laughs> and they jump in the air and start crying like crazy. <laughs> but you know, there's only so much of that. But, but I would say is you've gotta let them have circumstances and more importantly, I'm not manipulating what they're doing outside of us. Too many parents are putting their kids in softer leagues so they're, they're, manufa- they're, they're putting them in leagues up. that have eighth place trophies. I think it's not manufacturing success. And I think right now it's very common wisdom that people are, you're, you're letting your kid win a battleship. Your kid thinks they beat you in battleship. That's mm. a bad idea. Bad idea. But I thought he couldn't handle it because he was like, because I was winning and he wasn't coping. And then you're right, that little part of me was but like, But here's I the just, thing, in real life, when you, a lot of people kind of fail, slapped. but they mm. hate the final fail. Mm. That's what Battleship is. You gotta let him taste that final fail and get used to it and weirdly get motivated. You gotta see, here's what I would say. I, I would never tell anybody how to parent, mm. period. Let, let's start, I've been doing that through this whole conversation. Yeah. Let me make everybody understand. We're just, I'm answering your no, questions. We're, uh, yeah, we're I, asking I, you, we yeah, want it. I have zero interest in telling how somebody yeah. to parent. Here's what I would say. There's enough in the system right now to show that the way we've kind of been doing it for the last 15 to 20 years has some cracks in the armor. Yeah. I, parents would rather blame social media for suicide than the macro parenting mm-hmm. trends. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, why didn't kids used to not, why did kids used to not have suicide be such an issue well, it's because we treated bullying and winning and losing differently. Let me tell you what 1974 us told their kids when they got bullied at school. Deal with it. What are we doing? We're in it. Which makes them feel like they can't handle it. Now, do I think us parenting is the only reason there's suicide rates up? Of course not. There's a million variables. Modern medicine, diet, information, but it's not social media. Mm. Mm. Like, and we want to keep demonizing new technologies because we don't want to face our own issues. So what I would say is I scrutinize myself as a parent every day and I don't think enough people are doing that. Wow. That's mm. cool of you to say that. You, you know? Do that. Yeah. I think we want to say it's anybody but our fault. Full responsibility for everything that's Full happening. Full responsibility. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Your kid's struggling right now in something, that's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's his or her fault, whether it's somebody else's fault, it's a great strategy to think it's yours. Whether it's true or not. Yeah. So, uh, let's, gotta go, say, Ty? let's say. Two minutes. Let's say I'm a teenager. Yes. 
and my parents have let me win on Battleship yes. and let me win on things. Stop and blaming them because okay. that's what every every teenager is running. I get every DM. Yeah. My parents fucked me. They made it so easy. I love this. They made it so easy for me. Like, my parents fucked me. They made it so easy for me. Now I'm struggling. I'm like, okay. Like, deal with it. We're treating teenagers like three-year-olds instead of eight. Like, we're, we're going down instead of up. One of the most powerful things. Hey, Sally, 14 years old yeah. from, you know, the Gold Coast. You know, like, yeah. you, that's what happened. Here's a lot of other things that happened. Yeah. You're pretty. You're good at sports. You're not pretty. You're not good at sports. You're good at math. You're bad at math. Like, it's your life. So now what? You can spend all your energy dwelling and blaming or you can realize that if you're capable of taking on responsibility and going forward right now, you will win in life. Now that's heady shit for a 15 year old. Mm. Cause I, you know, I see it go over their head plenty of times, but here's my point. That's the right answer and more importantly, if one out of every four of them take it, you're making an impact. Mm. I think we, this is the difficulty for you guys. Making a message consumable to more usually means that it's not impacting anyone. Really? Yep. This is the, if you ask me what I would, without knowing anything about you, yeah. what would be my intuition, that if you said, hey, come and analyze us, I would say without knowing anything, because it's 99.9% of what's happening in the world, as you go through it, everybody tries to find that Mendoza line that can affect as many people as possible without realizing that then it gets too vanilla and it's not doing what they want for anybody. I'd rather impact one out of every 17 teenagers to meaningfully change than zero out of 17 by pandering and wavering in a couple places to make it seem more consumable. Hmm. It's tough. You see where I'm going? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's why that so many teenagers that get us because we're doing that. We're keeping it really real and we're and not. And so I, what I would tell you is go even further. Mm. Well, that's the, that's the next step. Go one step further. Whatever you believe in that you're milking down, go harder. Mm. Because the only reason you're not is you're worried about what's coming back where you, when you go there. And it can come in a million ways. They won't get it, which is nice to think, or ooh, that would be tough for parents to hear or tough for kids to hear. Like, it's one or the other. I think that's the truth, your truth and your opinion at its strength is its purest form, not mm. watered down. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, with all of our hearts, Gary, oh to the gratitude that is full, like so much, it is bursting out. We want to thank you. Thank you guys. For this time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. No worries, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.